0: This week's guest is NASCAR's 23-year-old Rookie of the Year and 2022 Daytona 500 champion, Austin Sindrick.
1: In every sport, the same expression can usually be heard. Rookies are meant to be seen and not heard. Now, fortunately, today's guest has bucked conventional wisdom and he went on to win the 64th running of the Daytona 500 in thrilling overtime fashion and it's my pleasure to welcome Austin Sindrick. Austin, welcome to Game Time or as we like to call it here, the Great American Show and you are 23 years old and you are a Daytona 500 champion. How crazy is that? It's,
2: it's really crazy, Boomer. Thank, thanks for having me and uh, to win the Great American Race, it's, uh, it's a dream come true.
1: You know, it's amazing on Thursday at the duel, you came in second. And I'm just wondering, after you came in second, did you have a inkling that you had a chance, really a good chance, to win this race?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we, to start the season this year, we, we, we've got a new race car. It's the next-gen car. It's it's a lot different from really the last two decades of, of NASCARs that we've had. And I was pretty confident, and it was kind of one of those things. You, you almost want to take care of the car a little bit, go a little easy on the shifts, and make sure you save, you save your stuff because, you know, I, I did feel like we had a really strong car, really fast car. All the Ford Mustangs seemed to be really strong, so just uh, kudos to the team kudos to forward for, for really pro- providing us a great platform to go out and try and succeed with
1: last year i had Michael McDowell on as a guest as the obvious uh, the the Daytona 500 winner and I'm just wondering if you looked over and you saw there's Michael McDowell you know he took him 357 races before he actually won the Daytona 500 here you are in your rookie year just how special this moment is for you no
2: it is really special and and that's certainly one of the reasons why I mean there's so many legends of of this sport that have that have tried again and again to to win this race and obviously for for me to be able to do it in, in my second try and obviously this stage in my life and stage in my career but to really be able to deliver for a lot of the people on my team you know the the two car is really the foundational race team foundational car for for team penske and nascar and, and there's still people that have worked on on our team you know for the last you know, two three decades that we're showing up to to speed weeks with with rusty wallace trying trying to win this race so um it, it's definitely really special for me to be able to be the one to deliver that and um to to, to execute that and to be to be part of that effort is is uh it's pretty gratifying to, to, to see, you know, the amount of joy that, you know, success for me can, can bring to, to those around me.
1: You know, in the NFL playoffs, we had some overtime games and nothing gets more exciting than overtime and anything else. And then, of course, the Daytona 500 has got to go into two laps of overtime and it's two laps to fame and fortune. Now, you took the early lead in this two-lap moment. Is that a, like, are you thinking offensive, defensive? What are you thinking at that moment?
2: Restarting as the leader of the Daytona 500 in overtime um i mean that's you know, for for football analogy that's your that's your red zone offense that's your you know what, what are you going to do in, in that in that opportunity and and for that example i mean it is absolutely offense and defense and and that's you know working with ryan blaney trying to get the teammate restart organized correctly you know getting getting ourselves both a shot on the exit of turn four and you know from there really even before that you know coming to the white flag you know, I had to start lifting a lot more to not get too far out in front and realizing that uh, the, the runs were going to be coming and I was going to have to block a lot of them. And um, to, to be able to give ourselves that opportunity to have two Team Penske cars with a shot to win coming to the line and um, obviously making the right moves, to, right defense to come coming to the start finish line to, to pull it off by a few feet is, uh, is pretty awesome and it couldn't have worked out any better for us.
1: All righty, we're just getting warmed up with the great Austin Sindrick. Wait till you hear this young man's incredible motorsport pedigree. So stay with us as game time continues right after this. This iconic professional wrestling champion was instrumental in the industry's boom period during the late 1990s and early 2000. Who is he?
2: Who? I have no idea.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin.
2: Oh, okay, I'm getting the trend here. I could have gotten yes, that one.
1: Yes. Back to game time, when Austin Sindrick was nine years old, he grabbed his dad's arm and said, I have to have a life-changing discussion with you and mom. After they sat down together, Austin informed them that he'd been thinking about it a long time and I'd really like to try to become a professional race car driver. So Austin, both your parents worked in the industry. How did they take to that reaction?
2: (laughs) Well, my dad's immediate response was, I'm going to be too tall. (laughs) (laughs) And I had one right back at him, and I told him Michael Waltrip and Justin Wilson are a lot taller than you are, and I'll ever be. And so uh, we got to figure out another reason why not. So, uh, but both my parents have a lot of perspective on on this sport, and uh, both families have, have been part of this for a long time. And um, I think he knows how hard it is to 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 make it in this sport, and you know the the challenges it, it you, you go through as far as uh, being a race car driver. So uh, I think that's the hesitation, and it definitely had to be my idea.
1: Yeah, here's the amazing thing. Your dad, Tim, is the president of Team Penske. Your father, Carl, his father, Carl Sindrick, built IndyCar engines. And meantime, your mom's father, uh, Jim Truman, was a longtime IndyCar team owner who won the 1986 Indy 500 with driver Bobby Rahal. That happened two weeks before he passed away. Uh, I'm just wondering, you know, the history, the lineage, uh, it's in your blood. You can just feel it, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's really been nothing else that's, that I've had more exposure to, you know, throughout my upbringing than, than, than racing. You know, it's kind of all I've ever cared about. It's all I've ever known. Um, so for me to obviously want to have a, a career, but but also be part of the sport. And um, I've really found myself uh, enjoying the role that I have and, and enjoying driving. It's 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 been a it's been a lot of fun. It, like said, it's, it's all that really matters to me. It's all my life really evolves around, even even at this point in my age. But um, it's it's a lot of fun and it's 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 definitely living a dream.
1: You know, uh, Austin, if one of my kids came to me and said, Dad, I want to become a race car driver, the first thing that comes to my mind is, how much is that going to cost? Uh, And I'd like to know whether or not your mom and dad thought the same way and, and how much financial support were they able to give to you?
2: The ground rules that we kind of set up is, you know, things got a little bit more serious kind of through middle school and when I started traveling a lot more for racing is that my, my, my parents told me that they were going to, to to help you know with my racing and help with my career up until I graduated high school and if, if I had somebody else supporting my career uh, after I graduated high school then I'll go racing and if not I should probably think about college and think about doing something else or find my own way to go make that dream happen so um, by, by the time I was a sophomore in high school I was I was fully supported in two different racing two different racing series and um, you know from, from there it's, it's kind of taken off so um, that, those were the ground rules that they laid and uh pretty 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 uh, amazing opportunity for me to, to to have the exposure and have a lot of the supporters that I've, I've had in my career really really be able to you know elevate me to this level
1: well i'm happy to tell you everybody in motors car sports knows who you are much like they do roger penske you know titan in the motorsports world business world um but to you he's like family um and, and we talked a lot about family and and racing in your blood what did he teach you about life away from the track
2: yeah, I can't think of many better opportunities I've had in my life, and whether if that's as a as a driver, as a competitor, but more or less as a person, you know, to, to grow up around Roger Penske and and, and and see the example that he sets as far as you know how he treats his people, his his level of professionalism, but um, also also being humble at the same time. You, like like you said, he's he's a titan in the business world, he's a titan in, in the motorsports industry, but um, to be able to be exposed to someone like that and 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 see someone who goes about things the right way, um, you know. If, if 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 I can be half the man Roger Penske is, I'd call life a success. So um, I see no greater opportunity that I've had in my life than than to to, to understand that and to be able to, to try and live through his example. But and that's that's why you see our team so successful. You know, he, he says it all the time, and is that human capital is our, our greatest asset as a race team. And um, you know, surrounding our, myself with the best people and and, and, the, and the people he puts in place to get the job done, it's uh, it certainly makes a difference.
1: And how about that 85th birthday present, a win? That had to be some kind of meeting between the two of you guys after you won that race.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's not his first Daytona 500 win, but I, I think he'll, he'll take that re-gift any time. <laughs> um, certainly uh, an amazing uh, amazing day. Uh, so happy that he was able to be there and, and, and share that moment with him and uh, be able to deliver for, for the captain. It's uh it's, it's, it's every racer's dream, and, and to be able to race for him, it's, uh, it's pretty special.
1: All right, we'll return with Daytona 500 champion Austin Sindrick right after these messages.
0: Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport. Build Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberly Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe.
1: of the next gen car in the 2022 NASCAR season was met with great applause and leading the cheering was Austin Sindrick who rode it to victory in the first series race, the Daytona 500 and Austin. The goal of the next gen cars is to put more of the race into the driver's hands. Have they succeeded in your eyes?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think so far so good. You know, the first race, obviously, a success. I, I'm I'm not sure if if this is a stat or not, but you know, the margins between between drivers and qualifying are closer than I've ever experienced. So, you know, obviously, the speed in the cars is there for for a lot of the teams and a lot of the drivers. And and then to your point, it, it is up to what you do with it. From not, not not just from a driving perspective, but from a team perspective, we all have the same basic package. We all all have the same you know basic chassis, the car. Um, you know, from there, you know, there's differences in the OEM as far as, you know, a Ford and a Chevy and a Toyota all have different components to them and uh, from from the aero side, but also from the the engine side. And, you know, to have the first two races with an action car, one by Fords, one by Team Penske Fords, obviously a great start for us, but uh, a lot of newness. And uh, I know there's going to be highs and lows, you know, working through, you know, those types of things early in the season here, but um, certainly off to a great start.
1: You know, key changes and improvements to the cars now.
2: Yeah, key changes, you know, I, I think you look at over the last couple of decades of, of NASCAR racing, the cars are relatively unchanged and uh, I would say almost behind the times as, as far as, you know, what you actually get from a streetcar. You know, when I buy a Ford Mustang, it doesn't have a solid rear axle. It doesn't have a steering box. It has rack and pinion steering. It has independent rear suspension. And we have those types of things now. And uh, I, I think that it makes it more relevant for the race fans. It makes it more relevant for the manufacturers that want to be part of the sport. And, and I think the styling of the car as well is is a lot more similar to to the to the Ford Mustang, to the GT500 you can buy straight from straight from your dealership. So I, I think all those things make it more attractive, make it more relatable for for the race fans. And um, you know I think the biggest difference is uh, driving wise is more the aerodynamic platform, especially at a track like Daytona when the draft means so much and how air flows around the car and you know, what that interaction is and how you can best take advantage of it. So uh, I think those are the things we're going to be constantly learning through. I, I think there's there's Always, you know, teething issues with with a new car, especially when you get it to all the teams and and mass produce things. But um, I, I think, like I said so far, so so good.
1: The biggest difference between Xfinity car racing and NASCAR.
2: I, I think the biggest the biggest difference is exactly what you said. It's it is the competition level. It is the competitors because I, I think you spend your entire career as a driver and i'm sure it's the same in other sports that you're always looking for that next level what's the what's the next step what's the next thing i can do even when i move from the truck series to the xfinity series the goal is the cup series and you spend your whole career as a young driver trying to trying to make it to that next step When you get to the cup series when you get to that level there is no next step that's why you're you're against you know some of the best in the world you know guys who've been doing it for for a decade or two and and been successful at it and there are some people that have been part of it that haven't been successful and 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 you want to you want to continue that trend you want to continue to be successful obviously you don't get to the top level without doing so but um it's definitely a perspective change that that i've had i've had to give myself even even as a race fan you know you grow up as a fan more than you do as a driver you kind of develop into a driver and you see guys you've looked up to your entire life and you have to remember that you're you're their competitor now you're you're the competition they're the competition you have to go out and beat those guys beat be the guys that, that have perfected their craft and um it's it can be intimidating but also it, it's an exciting opportunity because you get to you get to operate and observe at such a high level and um it, it's 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 that much more gratifying when you're able to be successful And remember
1: austin don't ever take your foot off the gas all right we'll be right back to talk about the future of nascar and the future of its newest star austin sindrick right after these messages welcome back everyone as we continue with austin Sindrick, who is coming into prominence at a time when tradition-bound nascar is undergoing some profound changes and we were talking about the car you know but You know, winning the the Daytona 500, as you guys call it, the Super Bowl of your sport, is is kind of a wacky way of doing things, I think. It's like backwards. And like, where do you go from here and what is next for you and and how hard is it going to be to try to live up to the excitement of winning the Daytona 500?
2: I mean, talk about a dream coming true. I, probably the best day of my life up to this point. So uh, I'm not sure there's any replacement for for that feeling and that 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 kind of an adrenaline rush. But uh, for for me, definitely got to put my feet back on the ground. And um, you know, like I said before, I, I definitely have enough perspective as far as being a rookie in the Cup Series and and, and what that what that process looks like. Obviously, I want to identify strengths and weaknesses as quickly as possible and do what I can to be a contender every weekend, not not just on a few on a, on a few races. So. Um, I think everybody's learning process is different, and um, like I said before, there's a lot of change in our sport right now, and I view change as an opportunity, but you could also get sucked into. Thinking that you're going to be learning three times as many things as, as your competitors around you, so uh, I, I take it in as it comes. But it does put us in the playoffs. It gives us some security, knowing that we can use the regular season as you know, as a learning time, but also as a time to be aggressive, um, trying to get more playoff points and in trying to trying to learn learn at a faster pace. So I, I'm excited for that opportunity, and um, you know, it's it's something that you can't ever take away from us. Can't ever take away from my from my race team. We'll forever be Daytona 500 champions, and it, it, it sounds, sounds pretty cool even just saying it. You
1: know, NASCAR is undergoing a few changes as well, and you being a rookie and one of its newest stars, has got to be excited about some of the things that they're trying to do. What was it like racing at the Clash at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum the week before Daytona?
2: Yeah, what, what an awesome way to start out the year and, and, and to put it right near downtown Los Angeles. Um, is it, a really unique experience. It honestly reminds me of going street course racing. You kind of bring the party to the people and, it's obviously not our not our traditional audience and i think i think the racing was really well received and uh obviously not a traditional racetrack as well i mean that was a quarter mile short track i think the last time most of us had done that was when we were you know 12 13 years old so for for us to be able to go out there and just put on an event i I think for nascar to kind of prove what they can do as far as event promotion uh was really exciting for us to see so uh, i'm excited to see how they apply that experience to to what we do on a weekly basis and 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 get excitement for 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 the different tracks and the different markets that we go to uh i i think it's i think it's the start of something a lot of fun
1: you know another change this year real quickly austin is that second ever bristol dirt race is going to be at night I mean it was tough, difficult enough in the day. Now it's going to be at night. What do you think that's going to be like?
2: Well, I actually think at night makes makes things a bit easier as far as from 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 a visibility standpoint. You know, I don't know much about dirt racing. There's a lot of guys in 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 in, NAS, in, in NASCAR and the Cup Series that do, but um, when you have the sun out, it sucks a lot of the moisture out of the racetrack um and, and when you go dirt racing you know that moisture is gripped but it also it also keeps a lot of the dirt on the ground when you when you have a dry racetrack all that dirt comes up and then the fans can't see it makes everything dirty it makes it messy and it makes the cars drive terrible so uh, i think making it a night race is is a great idea i personally love bristol on the concrete but i haven't experienced the dirt yet so that'll certainly be a, a new ro- another rookie experience to add to the list
1: Yes, another test for you. All right, we'll be back for a special test of Austin's powers right after this.
0: Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe.
1: with Austin Sindrick, who arrived at Daytona for speed weeks only to find that the sign on his garage stall had his name misspelled. Is that true, Austin?
2: This is is true. Uh, We we got it quickly resolved with with the razor blade and and took uh, took the, the edges off of the E and made it into an I and no problems.
1: I have a feeling that they're going to get it right from now on. So, listen, i got a few questions that I want to ask for you because I know you're a fierce competitor, and we like to call this game Austin's Powers. Yeah, baby! You ready to go? Let's do it. All right, here we go. On the day before you won the Daytona 500, another Austin won the Xfinity race at Daytona. Can you name him? Austin Hill. That's right. All right. This iconic professional wrestling champion was instrumental in the industry's boom period during the late 1990s and early 2000. Who is he?
2: Who? I have no idea.
1: Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh,
2: okay. I'm getting the trend here. I could have gotten that one. Yes,
1: here we go. This Austin was a one-time teenage tennis phenom who won the 1979 and 1981 U.S. Open Women's Championship. Can you name her? (sighs)
2: <sighs> this is, is, my there, is there an austin idler. in there
1: yes tracy austin that's who tracy it is tracy austin the only reason i know this is because i have the answers <laughs> in front of me and here's the final one and i bet you get this one only two austins have won the daytona 500 who was it who won besides you
2: austin Dillon, and then myself
1: that's exactly right that's awesome yeah baby <laughs> On Thursday before the Daytona 500, you and another rookie, Harrison Burton, went up in an F-16 with the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds. Man, what was that like? I know I've done it. It's crazy, but did you enjoy it?
2: man. I could talk about it for a long time. What, what an experience. As, as someone that grew up loving Star Wars, that's probably the closest I'm going to get to, to flying, in a, flying in an X-Wing. So um, what, what an awesome opportunity. The, the Thunderbirds were at the racetrack. Uh, but to, I, I think I've, I've done enough in my life to kind of know the limits of my body, but um, to, to understand the limits of, of the human body and to understand you know, what, what those guys go through, let alone um, when, when they're trying to defend our country. You know, I, I think it's great perspective on, on our military and 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 what they do and what the air force goes through on on a a daily basis but um to pull nine g's to to feel the the blood rushing you know out of your head and into your feet and experiencing tunnel vision and having to do all the g straining and the the proper breathing techniques it's it's no joke i mean that is that is some serious stuff
1: our thanks to austin sindrick for joining us today and to all of you out there watching i'm boomer siason and i'll see you again real soon right here on game time
2: and I both killed it. No puke bags nope. today.